Welcome back to the Only Points Podcast, you guys, with your host, Eddie Garcia, with our host, Eddie Mercado, Alexis Martinez, and our special guest, you guys, Elvis Samosa. Now, Elvis Samosa is our really good friend of ours. We all know him personally for about two years. Me and him have a working relationship for about the same two years where he sends me clients for credit repair and I send them back for them to be able to build personal credit, business credit as well. So I would like to have the man introduce himself. So here we go. Elvis, take it away, man. What's up, guys? Uh, like Eddie just mentioned, my name is Elvis Samoza. And what I do is I help people uh, start um, building their credit and scaling it so they can uh, start building and scaling their business credit and then leverage that to start uh, generating income by starting an online business or any type of business. Uh, we've been doing this for about two years. We met doing uh, a mentorship al uh, also, right, uh, with Sean Sharma. That is correct. So, yeah, we... Did we meet before that or did we meet during the eight-week mentorship? No, it's funny because I actually was talking to you. I was having Zoom calls with you on a regular and then you yeah. were like, I know I know this guy, he knows everything about... Oh, wait, was it you first and then you introduced me to him because we were talking about uh, travel hacking. I don't remember, bro. Yeah, I think that's, that's a funny I thing. I, it's hard for me to remember certain <laughs> things um, I knew because it's all we were like, I didn't know you guys and then I met all of you guys around the exact same time. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So, um, and that's a beautiful thing that now we've been able to work together, you guys. Um, it's where I send people his way or Eddie's way or whoever's way. And it's like what you guys are seeing, the guests that you guys are seeing in these podcasts, you guys, is everybody that we're currently working with. Yeah. Like we wouldn't bring someone we don't trust. We don't yeah. have any relationship with <coughs> until the near future, wherever we want to expand. No uh, food on this show. And I think the important thing is that the money stays in the inner circle and we work together either primarily or secondarily. That is correct. So, um, Elvis, I actually want you to talk about where you were born. You know, when did you move here to America? Because as we know you were not born here in America, and a lot of people have this misconception that people outside of the American can't build credit. Like it's it's a lot harder for them. So I would like to give you a little bit, a little backstory. Where you're from, family, and how you got into what you're doing right now. Wait, hold on. So you so you weren't born in the U.S. Do you have like the mark of the beast? What is that? Oh, the, <laughs> no, I don't have that. I don't have that. Dude. I actually went to, uh, I don't even know where that started. If it was public hospitals or what, doing like messed up shots. No, no, it's a thing. It's a. It's just the mark of the beast. It's a, <laughs> is it a polio shot? I can't remember what it is. It's, it's a vaccine I, that I, I everybody it's a vaccine. gets. It was mandatory. Like it that. is mandatory, especially in Mexico. Everybody has it in Mexico. Yeah, luckily I, I didn't have to go through that. But uh, yeah, I was born in Guatemala. I lived there half of my life. Uh, so up to when you're 15? Oh, yeah, 15. I'm 30 now. So, dirty, dirty. Um, okay, can I can I say something? And I'm not gonna offend you here. Yeah, no, go ahead. I've heard you speak Spanish a few times in my life. Yeah. I I always thought you had your Spanish was very broken. My Spanish is broken. Yeah. Well, when I speak to people who are Mexican, it's a little bit broken because it's it's different, different. Spanish. Okay. So I it have is, to yeah. I have to like rethink words so that they make sense to you. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Understood. Because every you don't speak Spanish that much to us no. and when when i hear you speak spanish when you have to speak spanish it takes you by surprise it, it takes me by surprise because you sound like you've never you, you're like you never spoke it personally like those people that <laughs> were their their grandparents only spoke it and they only heard it like and i was that's born it. here and i have like i'm second generation yeah correct no i think it, it it starts because when i first moved here i didn't speak english so i was 
uh, thrown with pretty and much all the And you're 15 Hispanics. at this point, right? Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, I didn't know how to make friends. I didn't know any of that, so I was like, okay, they speak Spanish. Let me go and make friends. And uh, whenever I would speak to them in Spanish, they would be like, wait, what did you say? And I'm like, I would repeat myself, and I'm like, okay, they don't understand what I'm saying. Let me just speak English. Can, can you give us a few of those words that, like, are different? Um, how do you say how do you say how do you, how do you say truck in Guatemalan? Uh, it's not troca for sure. Camioneta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chevy. It's camioneta. Yeah. No, but I mean, you know how like in Mexico you gotta say usted. That's like the proper way of that addressing is correct, someone. Yes. We say vos. It's kind of like vos. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. So it's like uh, Spanish people, Voice. Salvadorans, uh, Guatemalans. I think Hondurans also uh, use the same. Colombians. Similar. Similar. Colombians too. Colombians. Yeah. Colombians yeah. don't ask why I know, but. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they say voice a lot. Yeah, uh, so that actually I've, like forced me to speak English faster. I, I learned really quick because I was like, okay, I can't speak Spanish, so I might as well just talk to people in English. Well, you just had to me. adapt. Yeah, and that taught me, <clears throat> like now people tell me, oh, I, I don't even hear an accent or you speak English very well, although it wasn't my first language. But I think that's what kind of pushed me to um, just not talking to people in Spanish. And even now, like if I'm in conversations where people are talking in Spanish and I know they're Mexican, I try to just talk to them in English, unless it's like a pretty common uh, like word that I got to say, but it's right. just easier. So, or, or especially like if it's a Mexican that doesn't speak any English, and then at that point you're like, fuck it, I got to speak in Spanish. Exactly. We, we're going to figure this out together. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of Guatemalans out here too. You'd be surprised. I feel like I meet just as, as many Mexicans as Guatemalans here. Um, but oh, what do you mean by here in Vegas or LA? In the in the U.S. in general. Yeah, yes. yeah. Definitely a lot in LA. Everybody yeah. looking for yeah. opportunity, big yeah. time. Honestly, that's but awesome. So I, I would. What is what is like something distinct that you remember from living in Guatemala that is completely different from living in here? Um, because I would. This is a great insight for other people, especially and our listeners who probably not even not haven't even gone to Guatemala. So what is like if I want to go to Guatemala, what should I be looking at for? Uh, what is something that I should be like wanting to go see? Uh, that you want to go see? There's a lot of it's it's like a mini Mexico. Honestly, You're, you'll see a bunch of like green areas. Uh, people in general are more friendly. Um, but at the same time, it can be extremely dangerous depending on where you're at. If you're not from the area, if you're flashing, like you can't walk around like flashing a chain over there of course like you not. can over here. Um, and uh, values in general, I mean, I was 15, but I could tell that most people's values were completely different than the people here now. Uh, I don't know if that was has always been this way, but I, that's one thing that I noticed a lot uh, over there. People, you know, date to get married, uh, people. Um, more, more conservative, traditional values, exactly. religious values. Mm -hmm. what, what kind of religion was it? I'm guessing Catholic? Yeah. Uh, Christian. Christian? Wow. Yeah. Oh, most no people way. out there are, are Catholic, or most Hispanics are Catholic, but um, yeah, I was raised uh, Christian. Gotcha. Do you still practice that? Um, not really. Like, I <coughs> have the same values as most religions, I guess, but I don't practice... Um, like going to church and doing all those things. I have like my own relationship with what I consider God. Gotcha. Beautiful, man. What's well, a common, what's, what's like a common, like for the tourist attractions, what's like a common, uh, site to go visit? No, just like, what's a common scam? Scam. Oh, good question. Yeah, a common scam. Like, cause I've seen like in specific countries, you'll, it, it'll be like you and your boys or you and your people just walking. And there's always like the idiot in the back that's on the phone. And there's like five people will like trailing them. Yeah. That, that'll so, go around you. 
I heard about one, but it's not even a tourist one. It's just like in general. General. Like where. Big city too, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, if you are driving a car and you're at a stoplight, and they'll put um, like a motorcycle will pull up to your car and look inside and see if you have anything of value. And if you do, they'll put a piece of gum on your uh, door handle. And I don't know if they're still doing this, but when I was living there, that was like the thing. Um, Then another motorcycle ahead would follow you if you had a piece of gum. And then they would uh, park their motorcycles in front of you so that you would be forced to stop. And then they would pull out guns and like, it would get pretty dark out there. But yeah, you don't want to... You don't want to uh, be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, I mean, there's beautiful places that are safe, but I know that was like a common thing that was going on at the time. Yo, that is such, that's so funny that you say that because for me, because I go to Mexico all the time, if anybody stopped me, like it's instant like paranoia Mm -hmm. because I also travel, you you know, I was in the Philippines for three months. Over there, there's hardly any crime because the press center, whether you guys agree to his tactics or not, he was very tough on crime. Like he would execute people. Like, he was executing fucking criminals, like, on a daily basis. He just, well, if you execute and get rid of all the criminals, there won't be any left. Well, yeah. So, so I mean, there was police guards. And if you go to a mall, remember, we had to scan uh, bags, oh, everything. Police cold. officers at hot- entrances at hotels, entrances at malls, everywhere. Which, again... Which was annoying, but which it's was for our safety. But it looked like it worked, you know? But anyways, so... One of the things that what happened was that we rented a car because we wanted to go to Baraka. I got my the first six employees that I hired there that were with me for multiple months already by that time. And I decided to treat them and take them to Baraka over the weekend. And on our way back from Baraka to, uh, to the office, it was in the middle of the night. It was like three o'clock in the morning. We were making this turn. It was it was like it, it looks like we were driving in the middle of the jungle. Right. Mm-hmm. It was dirt road. And then all of a sudden we stopped. And I look at why we stopped, and it was some guy in just a, like a regular shirt, regular clothes in the middle of the night, sandals, just waving us down, saying like to stop. And they put like uh, cement barricades on our side to block it, right? And my parent, I wasn't the one driving, but if I was the one driving, I would have run that motherfucker <laughs> over. But yeah, they, I, they stopped, right? And I was like, why are we stopping? <laughs> I was like, I was making it such a big deal. Like, why the fuck did you guys stop? And then he's like, because he told us to stop. I was like, no, like, no. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we see like a bunch of cars pass on their side. Mm-hmm. And then once they cleared, we, they allowed us to pass and just go around. It looks like they were doing some construction. And I was like, oh. and they're like, why are you tripping out? Like, what's wrong? I was like, dude, I go to Mexico. Yeah. If they do that to me in the middle of night, in the middle of nowhere, I'm sorry, I'm running that motherfucker yeah. over because I've seen too many videos of the cartel pulling up, like pretending that it was a stop mm-hmm. and it was the real cartel and they just take your truck, they take anything that they yeah, see valuable of you and then boom, you're dead. Yeah. Like, fuck no, I'm not, it, you it, know? It's actually kind of crazy. Like my boy put it like this. He goes, for my mom to cry or your, uh, as opposed to your mom to cry, nah, your mom is going to cry. My a mom shit ain't. ton. Like, hell no. My mom is not going to cry. Yeah, it's crazy. Like most countries, and especially now that we're traveling a little bit more, we're able to so, like see different mentalities, see different people, and different practices in general. But unfortunately, like Hispanic country, countries tend to be really um, extreme with their uh, like uh, crime. Um, but I was just yeah. in Spain last week too, and they were the the common thing over there is that they pickpocket you. Yeah. They don't really do much, but they pickpocket you. So you're like, okay, like if they try to steal something, like. You could probably fight them and then you're not gonna die. It's a Yo. different kind of crime. Yeah, it's Yo, like, I, yeah. I was I was in in Spain uh, 15 years ago, 
and I actually I went to a private Catholic high school, so, and then, so my school actually took us because there was World Youth Day, which is an entire week for Catholics, and whatever. Yeah. So it was in Spain, and they told us every the the uh, we went with priests and brothers of the church. So our teachers were priests yeah. and other religious teachers. So we went with them uh, for a month to Spain, and they told us about pickpocketing. Mm-hmm. The priest got pickpocketed. Really? Wow. The priest that told us to be careful about pickpocketing <laughs> was the one that got pickpocketed at the subway. So, what yes. Did, what did they come up on? Like, what did they take? The, your your wallets. Pocket. Your wallet, your phone. Yeah. Yeah, they, they would just jack your shit. But, man, I didn't know that they were still doing that after yeah. so many years. It's, like, the most common thing to do because if you think about it, it's a very tourist area. And yeah. people that travel like that, they're not going to have, like, backpacks. It's mainly, like, whatever you can fit in your pocket. Yeah. And you know if you're out there, you're probably have your wallet like a watch or things of value that's where you're going to keep it correct correct but man uh, yeah so awesome crazy story so actually let me ask you this what was one of the besides i'm guessing learning english was one of the hardest things that you had to do besides learning english what was another hard thing that it was difficult for you or something that you found that it was difficult for you here in america once you moved um i don't think there was anything difficult I don't even think learning English was too difficult. It was just me getting past the barrier of people are judging me if I mess up a word because in Hispanic countries, it's also like people are very ju- judgmental. They are. So if you mispronounce a word, they're already making fun of you. They're pointing like, yeah. oh, like you, mis- you mispronounced that word. That is but correct. over here, like, and that was, that was the main thing that held me back for six months. After that, I was like, okay, no, if uh, I can't go through high school and not make friends, not speak to anyone, so I need to just try. So it was most like a mentality it shift. Mental, yeah. It was a mental thing that yeah. you had to get over, that because, you had to overcome. Yeah, because school was way easier here. Uh, making friends wasn't too hard after you started like talking to people. Correct. And um, I mean, I didn't have to get a job or anything when I was in high school, so I didn't really have like a like a bad struggle other than like what was in my own head. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. Awesome. Awesome. So now after doing that, you're in the credit scene now. That's where you mostly uh, generate your income. Mm-hmm. So two questions. What other sources of incomes do you have? And can you give a little bit of perspective of how was it anything different you feel like to build credit as an immigrant? Actually, can you start first by saying like what age were you when you got your social and that kind oh, of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's the beginning. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's the beginning of that's the journey. True. Oh, yeah, yeah. So pretty much, like, I never went through the phase of not having a social because as soon as I landed here, uh, we were pretty much, we applied for asylum, which is where uh, you're in danger in your country and your government can't help you. So luckily, we were able to qualify for everything right away. So we never had that, that face of, like, not having anything. We did struggle because we, in the beginning, they gave us work permits and, and they never gave us a residency or anything like that. Um, and it kind of sucked because... They expire every year. That's what I was going to yep. say. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you if if the work permit has like an expiration date or. Back when I first got it, it was every year. And that was the worst because they were like, you got to you got to apply to it eight, six to eight months before it expires. <laughs> so yeah. literally just like four months. So you get road. it. And then a few months later, you have to apply for exactly. it. But then weren't you 15? So it's yeah. illegal to work at 15 here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I didn't know this uh, until I needed it. So when I when I was already 18 and I was like, okay, I need to get a job. Yeah. I didn't know. Like my mom kind of started to understand, but she worked. She had her own like small business. She never worked a job. So we didn't know exactly what documents we needed. None of that. 
So I would go to interviews and they'd be like, okay, where's your social? And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Um, <laughs> so then I started asking to like family members that, were, that already lived here and they were like, oh yeah, well you need to apply for this. So I started applying and the first year I didn't know that you had to renew it so far uh, in so advance. Far yeah. So I was working at uh, Bank of America and they had to let me go because I didn't get my card in time. For, for your work permit, right? Yeah, the, okay. the work permit. So, so at this point, you already had your social security, and obviously, you don't need to renew your social security. You get it <laughs> once, and that's it. However, you ha you still have to continuously re uh, renew your work permit. I did up until like right before COVID, I think. That's when I had to. They, Every they gave me the, year. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah, and uh, after like three or four years of me having to renew it, they changed it so that it would expire every two years. So it wasn't as bad. And then after, what, like 10 years of me being here, they're like, okay, you, uh, you get your uh, residency. Here's this. You don't, need, you don't need to ever renew your work permit. And uh, at that time, I, I wasn't even working a job anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so now, now you have your residency. Now yeah. you can freely come in and out of the country. Mm -hmm. You are... Mm -hmm. They basically said you you paid enough taxes. <laughs> you, you paid you, enough you, taxes. You earned your spot. <laughs> yeah, pretty country. much. There you go. Now That's it's cool. like I can. Um, I mean, even before I could leave the country, but I just couldn't go back to Guatemala. Now <clears> I can go anywhere. Okay, so building credit wasn't the the hardest thing for you as an immigrant because you were able to get that social security number. Not like other people who have to have an ITIA number and then have to figure out all the more complicated stuff. Yeah, I, I never really struggled with that. Uh, to be honest, I didn't even know I had credit. Um, I didn't know anything about credit. I just knew that I could apply to credit cards. So I did because a friend told me, hey, we're going to this concert. And I'm like, okay, I don't have money to go. So he was like, why don't you apply for a credit card and just pay with a credit card and pay it back? Worst piece of advice because <laughs> fast forward like a year or two after, I was like 20K in debt, didn't oh, pay snap. off my debt. And I was just making minimum payments on all my cards. Uh, never missed a payment, but it was just a lot of debt. And um, I did struggle in that sense, but never like building it. I and you were paying a lot of interest, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, it was, was ridiculous. Yeah. So actually, okay, so now, now that you got your social, you got the first credit card, what got you into, I want to do credit, I want to learn about credit? You know, how, how, did that, how did that come about? Because when I met you, you were still working at Costco. Yeah. So oh, can, big you, facts. can you tell us that transition? Yeah, so it, it all kind of started with that, with me going into debt. And I realized at one point that, I mean, I started seeing my friends, you know, getting in relationships, having kids, doing all these things. And I'm like, man, I don't think I can afford to have a kid right now. Like, what happens if I do have a kid? Like, I can't provide. I can barely provide for myself because everything's going to credit cards. Did you want a kid at uh, no, no, no. I was just saying, like, you just know, hypothetical. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And I was like, okay, like, I need to figure out um, how to get my things in order so that when the time comes, I'm ready. And okay. um, researching, I went on Google, like everyone else, and Googled uh, how to get out of debt. And I found, like, a few programs. I ran into National Debt Relief. So, debt consolidation programs. Exactly. Uh, which is, I mean, it Side depends on what your target is, but honestly, like, in my case, it was the worst thing I could have done. Uh, because yeah. what they do is they tell you like, okay, stop paying all your credit cards. Now we're going to open you an escrow, which is a savings account. You're going to put, if you were spending $700 a month on credit card payments, you're going to make one here of 500 for the next six to eight months. And then we're going to, um, negotiate your debt with the banks and we're going to pay it off. After that, you'll be debt free. And instead of paying 20 K, you're going to pay, uh, like 12. 
And I was like, okay, like that's way better than anything I knew at the at the time. So yeah. I was like, okay, sign me up. So now that you know more, yeah, would you have done that? No. Okay. Would you no. have recommended anybody to do that? No. Okay. That's gotcha. that's there's, large growth. Yeah, that's, there's so many different things you can do now. Even yeah. even if I could have just defaulted all the credit cards, honestly, and then get credit repair. True, but I mean, that, I don't think that's the moral it's, way to go. Yeah, either. it's not the ideal, but yeah. it, that would have been a better solution to what I did. Correct. Um, but <laughs> yeah, messed up my credit like horrible. Like everyone knows that if you miss one payment, your credit can go down a hundred points Tanks or more. big time. So imagine <laughs> making late payments on all your like not making any payments to any of your accounts for Literally, multiple months in a row for over like close to a year. Wow. So yeah, my credit was like 450 and I was about to get um, to be done with the program and I was like, okay, like now I don't have any debt, but I can't get credit. So I can't qualify for a house or a car or credit cards or nothing. So I was like, okay, like let me look into credit repair. And then I, that's when I started following, I think Ruben or Sean. And um, they go, they go hand in hand. It's either yeah, or. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they had a mentorship where they were teaching people how to do certain things with credit. And I was like, okay, I need to invest into this because it's either this or I'm just going to go back into debt or I don't know what I'm going to do. So I was like, okay, let's do it. Uh, started learning from them. That's where I met you guys. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, you can fix your own credit. You can uh, pay a credit repair company. You can then leverage it for this, this and that. And I ran with it. I just, uh, after I, I, well, actually you were the one that started uh, working on my credit. Oh, actually, no. A year before that, I met a guy yes. uh, that was doing credit repair. Correct. And it sucks that there's so many people on the internet that scam people. So I got scammed maybe like two to three times before I ran into your page. Who was it? Uh, I don't want to put names out there, but oh, yeah. I tried. <laughs> yeah. Remember, we don't we don't say names. Remember? No names. I, yeah, just, I, I tried. I tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, yeah, he charged me a lot at the time. It was uh, fifteen hundred dollars, and I'm, I'm uh, obviously was not making that much money, so. I had to uh, pay him three payments of 500 and uh, my credit did go up. I'm not going to lie. It went up a little bit, but compared to where it's at now or what I expected, it was over like a year and a half and it went up maybe like 50 points. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like significant. From the 400 and something. Yeah, it was like 450 at the time. And I think when you started with me, you would probably know this because I, obviously I, I don't remember everybody's profile, mm -hmm. but when you started with me around, what was it? I think it was like maybe 600s because I also yeah. learned from the mentorship like things that you could do yourself. Correct. So I started applying that, but 600 is not going to qualify for, for anything, right? Yeah. So I was like, no, nah, I need to just uh, pay you. And then like, what, six months after, perfect credit, like yeah. nothing negative. And then by then, I was already, I had already started my funding <laughs> business, uh, which... It's funny how all that started because I had bad credit. I could fund yeah. everyone, but I could not fund yourself. myself. Yeah. Yeah. So it totally sucked. Happened. And by the time it actually got fixed, I was like, okay, like I don't really need the credit yet. So I'm going to save it for when I do need it. And uh, I'm actually barely starting to use my credit to, Good. to get into investments. Yeah. So now you are able to get those 0% interest credit cards, yeah. be able to invest it. But that's awesome. So like you guys said, everything here comes full circle to you guys. So yeah, so Alvis actually was a client of mine. Um, we were able to get his uh, credit score up fairly quickly, I would say. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, man, I'm super excited where you're at now. So, okay, cool. So with with that going on, now you have your credit fixed. Now you're able, to, you're generating money with the funding. What other sources of income that were you able to leverage your credit into starting? And what other 
you know, business that you've got currently going on right now? Um, okay, so my very first business was was funding, and that was just through things that I was learning online, on YouTube or um, just credit pages and stuff. And it's funny how it all started because I ran into um, a friend of mine who had an Amazon store, and I was like, okay, they're making good money. It was back, it was when it was like booming. A year and a half ago, two years. It was probably a little bit over that. It was like yeah. 2017, I think. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Almost and now. and uh, I was like, okay, like I want to do that. And um, I don't know how I ended up on Mo's page, uh, our friend Mo. Yeah, because I was going to say, I remember we were on a Zoom call and you were like, yeah, man, I met this guy. His name is Mo. Yeah. Uh, he. That yeah, was he, a crazy story, I, too, because, okay, so I started with that and I was like, okay, it's going to be X amount of money. I obviously did not have it because it's a lot of money. Right. Uh, but the return was there. So I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to make this money so I can start that. And <laughs> I was like, okay, like if I start helping other people get this store, uh, I'll charge them a, a, a fee and then start saving my money so I can afford it with cash. That's correct. And rem I remember when we first started chatting, you were telling me that you already helped Mo acquire some clients. And so yeah. that's why you were able to also get and in start into that. And that's how the partnership relationship started with you and Mo. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even uh, supposed to be a partnership. I just started selling my service at the time. And it was cheap. I was charging people like $300, $400 to get them lines of credit. Ridiculous, so they can bro. Yeah. And um, at first, I started with my with my younger sister because she always had good credit. She always listened to my mom. She like had perfect credit. Nice. And I was like, okay, let me practice this. I've been doing it on my own for a little bit, so let's do it. And she was like, okay, let's practice. Best case scenario, you get an Amazon store. Worst Yo, case scenario. Real, worst case scenario? You end up with credit cards. Okay. Shout out to your sister. Yeah. Major shout out to your sister because there's people like I'm pretty sure we all have family members that no matter how much we want to help them out, they they don't believe in you. So yeah. shout out to your sister to believe in you and be yeah. like, yeah, I just learned this shit from <laughs> online and I'm going to fuck with your credit right now and get you a bunch of credit cards. That that dude, shout out to your sister yeah, for no, believing and trusting Honestly, you. Honestly, she didn't have to, but yeah. at the end of the day, it ended up uh, like helping her also. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. Like I, I was able to get her, I think, 70 grand when she was like 21 wow. and nice. uh, Damn. yeah and then i was like okay like in my head i can do this <laughs> because I, yeah, yeah. I, that, that was my thought but then yeah. at the same time i was down on myself just because i'm like wired to doubt myself uh and then i was like okay like i'm gonna hit up my best friend uh i was like hey like let me do this same story with my sister i got him 60k and then i was like okay like uh, maybe i'm onto something i tried it again with another friend eventually all my friends had a bunch of credit and they were like, okay, what do we do with it now? So I was like, okay, like this is what I was gonna do with mine. I'm gonna get this e-commerce store and I'm gonna generate money, blah, blah, blah. I was selling most service. So cool. I was like, okay, like I'm gonna create group chats and make a, make a connection between them. And then eventually I ended up selling like five or six uh, Walmart stores at the time. And I didn't know that you could get paid for that. So Mo reached out to me and he was like, hey, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, how are you sending me all these people? And um, we hopped on a car, I broke it down and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm doing funding. Like, I help him get lines of credit. And then literally like a week after that, he was like, bro, let me fly you out here. Let's uh, let's meet. And um, I think I had to work that day and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go to work. <laughs> so I, I just. I oh, just, wow. That's ballsy. Yeah, yeah, I just ended up here uh, and. Um, we just discussed how we can benefit from each other's partnership and uh yeah i just started doing funding for it for them for their clients and also i was 
doing my funding on, on my end, and yeah. that's what got everything started. Fast forward two years, like now we're all like sitting in the same room, uh, doing the same things and everything, but that's how it, it all started from like a bad decision, which was messing up my credit. That's correct. We're, yeah. we're, we're all uh, doing the same thing at a higher scale. Yeah, much, much higher. higher. But that just means that the that the risk is higher, but our risk tolerance is much higher. Yeah, and then you're smart about it too, right? You just don't hop onto investments just because you have credit. Like you have to, like do the bet the, the deal. Yeah, exactly. Do some research and, and stuff like that. That's awesome. Mm. So, um, so now that you ha you're doing that, so right now I know you were able to. St oh, actually, I don't think you touched on what businesses have you been able oh, to yeah. start because of the credit now. Yeah, my bad. So uh, I first got into e-commerce. How many cars do you own? Yeah, well, talk about e-commerce. Then I want to know how many cars you actually own because. Yeah, so I first got into e-commerce because I, I had to save so much cash. I didn't even have credit at the time. So I just saved up so much cash that I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a cash. And Costco then, pays that well. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like, nah, not even like what I pulled from my retirement at the time. It was like compared to, it was bad. But pretty much I got my, my, my store and that was my first source of income, right? Besides my, okay. what I could control, uh, which was funding. Uh, after that, uh, um, we started a Turo business, a car rental business. And um, now, right now, like you, you asked me right now, how many cars I have? I have, I believe, four cars. That and, you own? Yeah, that I own. Name? And I, I got them all within the last year, or maybe a little bit over a year. But right. um, we were just trying to figure out how to turn liabilities into assets and how to make uh, regular things that we own generate as money, right? Like, we all use our cell phones to make money now. Uh, you can use Correct. it as a liability. You can spend all day on TikTok mm -hmm. scrolling. Same concept, but with everything else we had. So, um, Maybe touchy subject, however, mm -hmm. w to inform the listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're doing Turo. Are you profitable? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. And what it what is like on average, like on average monthly? Because I know seasons fluctuate. Yeah. But on average, like let's say somebody does it. And because you're doing it here in Vegas, right? So here in Vegas, let's say I want to start it. I'm, I'm a podcast listener. Mm -hmm. What kind of returns should I be expecting? So yes, I'm profitable. And at the end of the day, it's always going to depend on your market and if there's a need for the vehicle that you have, right? So in Vegas, it's a crazy market because it doesn't really have a season. I mean, it does, but it's not as crazy as people think. Like if you were to live in uh, Utah, right, which is like snow most of the time and it does get hot. So people are going to travel there when it when it tends to get a little bit hotter. So you're going to have three to four months where people are going to book your car. But Correct. here there's a high demand at any point during the year. Wintertime might slow down a little bit, but for the most part, your cars are gonna be out. Um, to be honest with you, I feel like wintertime would probably not be as busy, mm. but still be busy because that's the only time when it's not like cool temperature here in Vegas. Every, like now it's April, it's starting to get hot again here yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's starting to get warm. Okay, it's starting to get warm, yeah, give it like one or two more months and then it's going to be scorching hot. Scorching hot, yeah. But the thing is that people want to come here because, okay, wintertime, people go out at night. Summer, people, people are partying at like 9 in the clubs. morning no. in the middle of the day and all then day, again at day. night. So it's like, yeah, all day, every day. So uh, you kind of have to pick a car that, depending on what kind of audience you want to attract, right? So... If you want to attract like business people, you're going to go and get like a Mercedes uh, C-Class. If mm. you want to attract like 
younger kids that you know just turn 21 uh maybe get a mustang i was gonna say i8 bmw yeah something like that so if you want to if you want to attract someone that's more serious um i ended up choosing a corvette because i wanted to attract that demographic that likes likes the corvette Mm -hmm. so which is like older generation you don't really see many people younger people driving or even entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. business owners yeah want to do a little bit flashy but nothing crazy like a lambo yeah exactly right it's a it's it's affordable like a lot of people think corvettes are like extremely expensive it's like it's like the most lower end uh, exotic car. I don't even think it's considered an exotic car, but it looks like one. So mm-hmm. people are like, okay, like I can, I can't afford that Lambo, but That's, you know what? I can yeah. rent this Corvette. That Corvette or that Supra. The Supra is like also kind of a sportsy. It gives us the old vibes, just like the Corvette, the old 1960s yeah. Corvettes. But we got the 90s JDM Supras. That that Supra, the 2020, then they released yeah. it. So nice. Yeah. So it's like. It, you, you pick who you want to attract first, and then based on that, you pick what car you want to end up getting if you want to do the investment the right way because a lot of people get cars that they personally want to drive, and then they become attached to the car, so yeah. they don't want to rent it as much, and they become it just messes up the business because I've met people that get uh, a car that they personally want to drive. It's not necessarily what the market wants, and maybe it doesn't go out as much or the return is not there or they're just stuck with another car yeah. and another payment. I think I think it just depends on the person, mm-hmm. uh, wh- however they want to take, because Turo allows the flexibility to choose whatever business model you want. If you want to buy a car and it's 100% Turos and mm-hmm. you're just renting it out, perfect. But a lot of people, it could help people who are just, you know, work at home um, or maybe it's like the dad goes works to nine to five the mom stays at home and the mom has a car but she doesn't really need it every single day of the week mm-hmm. and they're just putting that car on tour for the days that they for don't need it and either covers the payment of the car plus some maybe you know which yeah. is dude i got one car and i'm about to put it on tour to be honest with you i'm liking it and i don't even care if i make profit about on it i as long as it covers the payment i'll be super happy about with that yeah. So free car. The thing, the thing about that too is like you, you have different types of people. People that want to take this as a business, people that just want extra income, and people maybe like us that we travel often, so the car is just sitting there, and at the right. end of the month you have a payment. When instead of doing that, like have it go out a few times, and you don't have to worry about uh, worry about the payment. Right. So if you want to take it full time, and maybe start your own fleet, you can start with one car, scale it to two. I know people now that have like 50 cars, so it's doable, but. You have to figure out if you want to do it like as a side thing or as a main business. As a side, it's perfect for people that, right. you know, some people have uh, like paid off cars. At, at that point, your car, your business will be super profitable. Right. But if you want to treat it as like a, uh, like a brand new business, you have to do a lot of research. A lot of people think it's easy just because you see other people doing it, you're going to get the same results. But no. there's ups and downs with anything. Correct. And, um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. If If... If I wanted to buy a Lamborghini, could I list it immediately? Uh, so it has to get inspected first. You can you can uh, take the pictures, uh, focus on the pictures a lot because that's what sells. Yep. And um, you can upload it, but it has to get it has to pass um, an approval. So sometimes they'll have you meet with, um, take it to a shop, and they're certified <laughs> by Turo, inspect that everything is good. Um, I think there's times where you could upload it right away. And it'll get posted. Because the reason why I asked was because I, I was kind of like flirting with the with the app or the website. Mm. And it said, oh, you need like 100 rides before you post an exotic. I don't know if that's 
not that I'm I'm not really familiar with the back end. I was okay. I was mainly doing the purchasing, like the the credit side of it. Oh, the fun thing. Yeah, <laughs> the fun. You were doing the driving. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, I've seen I've seen people upload cars that because I've been I've delivered multiple cars from friends or clients that get cars in California and they want to start the business here. So we manage it for them, and cool. uh, I've seen them like do a quick photo shoot, upload the picture, and the same day, uh, it's already listed. So. But, Go ahead. It's a little bit different depending, I guess, on the car, the year, or the make. Gotcha. So I got a question for you because I know that you have four cars, like you said, under your name that you personally bought and you're, rent, uh, and you're renting out how many? I'm renting two. Two of them. Okay. So you two, two personal, two business. Yeah. And you are actually running this business here in Vegas, but you don't live here. So the person managing that is Mo. Yeah. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Now, but I do know that Naeem plays part of that. Eli pays uh, place yeah. part of that how are they involved and at at the end how how many cars in total does your business actually um mm. manage to be honest right now i don't know the exact number of how many they have but uh yeah it all started because i think naeem and mo are already doing it with their personal cars correct and um we met up one day and i told him hey what if we you know start marketing this and manage it for other people And that's literally how it started. I learned how to get lines of credit so that uh, loans so that you can qualify for the cars, go into the right banks so that you didn't have to put a down payment and just cover the full amount of the car. Correct. And uh, eventually started taking off. We got a few clients and um, <laughs> right now it's been running smooth. Winter is a little bit slower, but like I said, it's, it's pretty smooth business. If you get the right car at the right price, the right loan, low APR, uh, most cars are making double their monthly payment. Sometimes nice. even more. Nice. Um, how much, how many, like if you were to just guesstimate right mm -hmm. now, how many cars do you guys have in management right now? Uh, I would say maybe like 20 to 30. Around no. the 25, no, 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 30 no. range. No, I was actually talking to Mo and he said he had like 47. 47? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It scaled pretty, pretty fast when we Yeah, I mean, that was, that was all you guys. There was a very strong team mm. and it was, there was weeks where you guys added fucking 10 cars at a time and I was like, damn. You, yeah. Here, I don't know if you year, guys remember when I, I first started coming here, like almost every other day I was here and I was flying back, driving here, flying back, driving here. Yeah. Yep. Bringing all those, the Teslas, the Mustangs, the Corvettes. The, I was like, yeah. my God, dude, chillax. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, that was, that was fun. That's a, that's a rich flex. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are you guys not, are you guys not opening to taking new clients or more cars? Right now, we're actually looking for about five new clients. We're not really trying to take too much because you actually have to hire employees because, you know, people want the cars delivered at the airport. So that's actually one of the things that I wanted to bring up because for myself, I'm, I keep dabbing on the idea about starting it. Mm -hmm. However, one of the things is like, is it really worth my time to be able to do it? Because like you said, if I want to be able to give the best experience, yes, I would have to have the time to deliver it or hire someone to do it. And I just don't know if I want to do that or like go with the trouble. Like, is it really going to make me enough money for me to justify all this extra work that I'm doing mm. since I'm already busy managing other businesses? I think for someone that already has like a full-time job or a full-time business that they have to run, it might not be the best idea for you to run your own vehicle. You cool. might want to hire someone to manage it for you. Uh, I mean, we all have like a younger cousin, right, that is maybe getting out of high school and you can help him out. Be like, hey, I'll pay you a couple hundred dollars a month and you drop off and pick up whenever it's needed. Um, right. Or there's also teams like us where we can uh, completely automate it for you. You just drop off the car. 
we do all the work for you and then at the end of the month you just collect your percentage and call it a day awesome actually i was not even planning on making this a plug but now that we're talking about it how much actually do you guys take percentage and how does that work let's say i want to do it because i'm probably interested because mm-hmm. vegas market is way better than san diego market mm-hmm. um if i were to get another car how would that work so it's a 70 30 split uh from everything it generates so not pretty much 70 30 from from the entire amount of money it makes a month and uh that's the easiest way to describe that's it. after that's after Turo's. that yeah, yeah you don't even get to see what Turo takes at the end of the at the end of your booking they pay you out whatever your cut is so it's not like <laughs> yeah they send it to an account and then you have to see what they're going to take because obviously they're not going to want you to see that another question is that after uh we <laughs> take out the monthly cost of the car no so that's that's part of you know like starting your business too like uh-huh. before um there's people that you know will still guarantee that, but mm-hmm. honestly, it's not sustainable for the business to continue to run. So it's just um, 70 30 70, split. 30 from, it is what it is. Straight yeah, from the revenue. Exactly. Okay. I okay. mean, there's months where like your car's gonna make a couple thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and your payments maybe like three, four hundred dollars. Okay. Um, but during winter, it might slow down a little bit. So just to make it simple, uh, just 70 30. Okay. Yeah. There we Are go. we able? Let's say okay, cool. Hey, the months on December slows down. Am I able to just pull my car out? And then I'll see you back in the spring. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Dope. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's that's one thing I recommend um, that, that I'm doing myself, and I recommend everyone that partners up with us um, to every every single dollar that it makes extra, reinvest it, pay it off, pay off as much as you can from the car, and then wintertime refinance it, have a way lower payment, and uh, the next summer is when you're going to see a lot of return because you, having a super low payment and still being able to make money mm. with the business you're gonna be able to pocket a lot more that was a big jump yeah i was not even yeah, thinking about one. that holy shit yeah because financing like six months down the road yeah because yeah. even with myself this was my first car under my name mm. for the first time and even my interest rate was quite high considering the credit that i have but it was because my very first car didn't have an, uh, another installment loan going on in my credit so mm-hmm. i was like shit i it's quite high but i don't care about it because yeah. i I generate enough money with my business to be able to fucking afford it. But, um, but I'm making like more, I'm paying a little bit extra to mm-hmm. show like really good faith. That way when I pull the second one, they're like, well, this motherfucker's paying like double the payment on the, the first one. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, I think if you, if you treat it like long term, uh, and not just for like a year, then yeah, you would want to like pretend you don't even have the car for the first year. And then literally if it makes two grand, send it back to the car. Mm-hmm. winter comes around refinance it hopefully under your business and not under your personal credit anymore your credit goes up it has credibility because you paid off a car and now it's hidden under your under your um, business and if you want to buy a house or something because you know market markets fluctuate and let's say you're ready to buy a house your debt to income is not going to get affected mm-hmm. and on top of that you're going to have an extremely low payment because everything you made on the first year was being sent back to it so you recommend oh so you're recommending to refinance it but make put it into under the LLC. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then you can keep getting newer cars and newer cars. Yeah. I say after the first year, I say like treat the business as a business for a year. See if you like it because there's ups and downs. There's seasons, like you said. Gotcha. And people want to just see the, the nice side, the good side. But when the bad times come, they're like, okay, why did I get so many cars? Gotcha. So mm-hmm. let me let me tell you this play. How about this? Buy the car. Mm-hmm. Keep it as a you guys manage it 
we pay out off as much as possible. If you guys want to keep a profit, that's awesome too. Um, then refinance it under the LLC, get a commercial auto loan, mm-hmm. keep it there. And then after that a year, it, you've had the car for two years and then you probably just sell it and buy it. Yeah. And That'd buy a new, newer version. So it's, it's also like a savings account too, right? Because you're paying off the car, but it's not like your money's going away. You're, you're, you have equity on you're the car. You're building equity two, up. Yeah, after two mm-hmm. years. Especially in the car market, in today's car market, yeah. Uh, yeah. do know that. I just don't like locking in equity. That's one of my biggest things that I tell people not to do mm-hmm. because money doesn't do me good locked up. Money does me good if I spend it, right? Yeah. So... That's the, my that's my only issue with it. But I mean, like, wh- if that works for you, that works for you. Fuck yeah, it. and that's not necessarily what I'm doing either. But I, what I'm starting to do, just because it's not my only source of income, and it's not the only credit, if you consider the credit, uh, the equity credit, because you're kind of putting it aside. Um, it's just things that I'm like setting myself up so that when winter comes and it's a little slower, maybe the car's not going out as much. I'm not gonna have to come out of pocket to make the payments if it came to that down to that, uh, because when you get a, a higher end car, your payments are gonna be a little bit high, right? Yeah, and actually, now if you're talking about that, one of the cool things it depends on the credit on the financial institution where you got the auto loan from. It's either you're making extra payments towards it or you're pushing payments forward. Mm-hmm. You know the difference? Uh, so you pretty much like are extending the loan. Well. Not really. So what you're doing is that, but like for example, I have Navy Federal. I got the first my auto loan with Navy Federal. I've been putting an extra like two hundred, three hundred dollars into the payment mm-hmm. every single time. I just like round it up to the nearest fucking zero, and then just like said, every single month on this day, it's gonna send money to that the the payment for the mm-hmm. car, right? And then I look at the I when I log into my Navy Federal, sometimes I see it. And I'm like, and I just click on it just to be curious, just make sure the automatic payment's still working, everything's going good, because you never know, yeah. right? And then the next thing I noticed was like, hey, your next payment is on like the sixth month of the year, and we're on the fourth month. I'm like, oh, I'm, a, okay. I'm a up ahead. Like, I don't have to make a payment for the next two months because mm-hmm. I've been putting that much money extra into the car that it's like it's selling. You don't need to make another pay payment until. So right, technically, right. you already have multiple months ahead of time paid. And that looks really good for the bank, too. Mm-hmm. So you're building that, like, bank relationship with them as well. That auto, yeah, I, cr- I uh, that auto credit score. Yeah. I, I didn't know that was even a thing. I, I thought it was all going to principal if you make the payment. Well, yeah. It, it kind of goes to the principal, I, I'm pretty sure. <coughs> Some because of it. You're, you're, you're bring, yeah, you're bringing You're still going to pay the interest of for the month. Any Anything extra goes towards the principal. Hmm. That's crazy. Correct. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, so actually now, so you do the funding, you're doing the car stuff. Mm-hmm. If anything, uh, if, if that's all, what, what, is your, what is your demographic right now? Who, who, who do you feel like you want to help out the most? So, okay, so Turo is just like one of the businesses, right? But my, my main goal is to educate people on how to utilize their credit to get into any type of business. Correct. So uh, by doing that, I'm also experimenting with starting businesses myself. Uh, so my, my target depends on um, who, want, who needs the business funding, right, or the funding in general. So my target at that point would be the same person that I was a couple of years ago, someone that wants to get ahead but doesn't know how, uh, wants to start a business or is not uh, okay with their current living situation or their current uh, financial situation, right. and in general just wants to get ahead and has no idea how to do it. 
Correct. So I think that that hits the point home right there. When people might be looking at this, like, how is it that you're doing funding and I do funding and we're friends and we send clients to each other? How, how the hell aren't you guys like rivals? And it's like, <laughs> no, people, you guys got to understand this. Like we have a different demographic. Your audience is like, I've never done a business before. I, I don't know where the fuck to start. Um, I'm going to go with you and you're going to help me build personal credit. You're going to help me uh personal because you do personal funding right i both yeah both i don't do personal funding you guys i i like my target or main audience that i like working with it's already entrepreneurs mm -hmm. especially like real estate investors that's my demographic that's like my bread and butter like i want to go heavy on the business funding mm -hmm. i don't like doing personal funding yeah and and not only that i feel like it's also like mentality like like feeling like we're rivals is more of like a scarcity mentality Correct. they're so like if you think about you, you limit yourself to how many people you know, but how many people need the service that you can provide is almost unlimited, right? Everyone wants to uh, quit their job, do something that they actually want to focus on. And uh, if even if I were to see you as a rival, that would actually limit me and my reach just because I'm like, Correct. just because you know how to do what you, what, what you do doesn't mean that you're going to take my clients. Correct. So, so check this point out. Um, they don't do massive conventions for people that do funding. Mm -hmm. But you brought up a really strong point. You said, aren't we rivals? There are a crap ton of real estate uh, conventions that they do here. Right. Are they all rivals? Absolutely not. No. They're learning from each other. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. learning from each other. So there aren't, again, they don't, they, don't, they don't do conventions for people that do funding. There aren't conventions for, there is actually a massive convention for people that do credit. I don't really think there's one person in this world that knows everything about everything about everything about credit. So I personally like to go to conventions like that because I meet like-minded individuals. We all learn how to make money together. We learn from each other, even if it's, even if it's the most minor thing. Now that's a tool in my arsenal. In my arsenal correct. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and you brought up the very strong point of no, like, having a scarce mindset is that's super weak it's I'm also all like about, the abundance mindset yeah i'm all about abundance i'm i'm all about abundance oh oh that client decided to go with you good i'm, I'm glad i was He's able to yeah i mean like if any client chooses between elvis or i is like you chose Who, right yeah. <laughs> you whichever option you, you can't chose, go wrong you, chose, you can't Who, go wrong whoever whoever you feel most comfortable with is the one that at the end of the day you know like it's your decision and there Absolutely. has to be a shift too in mentality once you start a business too because that mentality of world rivals is more of an employee mentality because right. you're all fighting to like get recognized, right? You, you right. want to satisfy your boss's needs. So you're like, oh no, I'm going to do this instead of you because I want to be recognized. And, and it's, it's, it's funny because one of the group chats that, one of, just one of the multiple group chats that we're in, every time, I'm not going to say names either, but there's a specific person. Somebody posts, uh, or, 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 or just comments, oh, I have this going on, I provide this service, or I'm selling MMP forms, some stupid bitch would always comment right after, I got them for $200 cheaper. Yeah, I, I remember seeing those. I got them for $500 <laughs> cheaper. Boy, get the fuck out of here. Like, ain't nobody like, and it, 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 I know why people hit me up personally. It's actually kind of funny. I always, hey, what do you think about this person? I take off. I don't yep. hold back. Oh, I really don't hold back. It's time for Eddie to start cooking. Yeah. And, and it's like, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. So 
um <laughs> yeah i don't yeah like mad respect you know like that that mad mad respect uh it's cool to be able to hold eye contact with people that you do business with and people that you don't do business with because that that's massive that's super massive awesome so now that you've been doing this for quite a few years where do you what's next for you what what businesses do you want to start any any other or just personal things that you want to i know you told me a few things over the phone last time we spoke yeah if you want to share that go ahead yeah so pretty much like because i got started with uh my business what two years ago the first year was mainly do what i can and get into the businesses that i knew which at the time were e-commerce and turtle but uh this past year i realized that there's so many other things that you can do that require very very little money and you can use the credit to start that right so right now more passively there i mean at the end of the day like it's not necessarily like a passive business that's going to get you uh that's going to get you ahead uh i was telling you no, which about business where he's going to get to it oh yeah. <laughs> Well, so I was. Cause I, told him, I told him over the phone. Farming a farming farming for for clout or what did you say last time? <laughs> farming for content. Farming yeah. for content right now. This guy's no, like. But yeah, you, I thought but, I missed it though. I was yeah. like, I'm no, no, paying no. attention. He was getting nah, to was, it. Right. Okay. So are you he, going to expose it right now? All right. Right. Yeah. No, no. So there's a business that he told us about before we started the podcast right now, and yeah. then, and then a few days ago we were on the phone yeah. and you told me about something else. So you can talk about either or. Yeah. Oh no, but that, that's what I was gonna get to. Oh, just saying here that. Go like, again. I was just. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys. Pretty much, um, two businesses that I'm looking into right now is getting into real estate, uh, and also um, car washes. They're very profitable businesses. A lot of people overlook them because they're old school businesses, right? They they don't think it's like the newest thing. It's like, not an automation service. Yeah, it's not an automation, or it's not like get rich quick. No. Or, so the car wash is automated. I know, but it, like it's it, freaking machines. It yeah, but be. then, but you know, everybody jumps on the next trend. Like, yeah, it's because people are used to to like, I give you this, give me a lot of money back, and they don't research, they don't, they don't like do the back end work before they invest. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was that way too in the beginning. I was just like, oh, you can make money by putting buying Dogecoin. I was buying Dogecoin, <laughs> or you can make money oh, by man. by starting this like forex account. I was starting a forex right. account. But then you learn, like, hey, you got to be smarter with your investments. Right. You got to do the back-end work. And uh, I've been doing that for some time now. And because my credit finally hit the, the perfect age, my LLCs hit the perfect age, my credit is in good standing. And I've been preaching about leveraging your, your business credit. I'm, I'm going to focus this year on starting multiple businesses that I can leverage credit to start. And I'm starting with real estate. Uh, there's actually some states where you can buy property for anywhere between like 10 grand all the way to 50k yep. obviously they're messed up they're not like of course the best houses that's but that is where you make the money yeah that's what those are gold mines because what people under, don't understand especially if you're you're listening to this you're probably an entrepreneur you probably already know this but for everybody else a lot of people are like i want to buy my dream house fuck your dream house bro yeah, like, like no like e- that's, that's a liability the dream house is a liability it's a fucking nightmare house bro but, it's but, it was a dream given from the american to like the american dream like no fuck that shit yeah. what were you gonna say we're gonna we'll, we'll talk about like something that we have in mind that's completely different but like after this because i want i, I want you to i don't want to cut into like your topic i want you to go ahead and finish yeah, so pretty much like once you find the the right house, right? Because it's not every cheap house is going to be the better house. Like you have to do the research, go and see the house, look at the foundation, look at how much money 
make an estimate of how much money it costs to rebuild it. And at that <laughs> point, it's up to you if you want to fix it and sell it or fix it. And, you know, if it's paid off, if it's 10 grand, maybe you invest another 20 on top. Now you have a living home right. where um, that costs you about 30 grand, that you the price of a Honda Civic, right? Right. And now you can decide whether to put it on Airbnb if it's in a good location right. or just have people living there. Now, after, let's say, you, let's say you charge maybe like one to two grand, let's say two grand for someone to live there a month, which is pretty standard. Mm -hmm. um, in about a year, you come out of your investment. And Damn. after that, you have two grand coming in every month forever, right? Until like, obviously, like the house falls apart, apart or whatever you better you, you better hope inflation hits them hard yeah <laughs> but i mean it just depends on there's so many ways to make money like you can that's, that's uh, pretty evil fix it up and uh sell it right away right maybe make a couple a fix a flip i mean i think the best strategy for a lot of people listening is the burst strategy or like exactly what i told you mm -hmm. because there's so many ways to invest into real estate it just depends on what is best for the person that's doing it at the moment um, because what I would say is buy, find those shitty looking houses where the systems of the house. Now, what do I mean by systems, the foundation, plumbing, electrical, all that it's, it's good. Make sure it has Wi-Fi. The, the actual, <laughs> the, the actual <laughs> systems is good, but it needs a, like a, a new coat of paint. Maybe you, you need to redecorate the, you know, redo Floors. the flooring, the new cabinets or paint the cabinets. Make, make sure the roof, make sure the roof is good. Like uh, right. This is something that roof I roof is a system of the house, yeah. Yeah, so the roof is a system. I, I, that would probably like at least for me, like my biggest suggestion would be, don't buy a house that needs a brand new roof because the roof is Expensive a roof that a roof on a fifteen to twenty to thirty thousand dollar house that's probably half the price. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, unless you're gonna put the Elon. The, the, Elon, the Elon Musk uh, solar, solar roof on it. Yeah. <laughs> it is doable. Yeah, it is. It 100%. But, but yeah, so like if you guys find a house like that, it, I know it doesn't look great. However, get it. Refine. Oh, sorry. Fix it first. It brings up the equity value of the property up. You then refinance. You're even a lot of the times you're even able to pull cash out because you're, the value went up so much that mm -hmm. you're able to pocket some of that money and so technically after six months you're living in a house that you made that made that paid you like 30 grand yeah Correct. so again that strong point of you bought a house that doesn't look good if somebody can see potential in a home that's it that's value that's it right there and that was a traditional way that what you just described where you get a mortgage i mean there's a lot of people that don't want to waste their fha on a ten thousand dollar house right so mm -hmm. That's where I come in with you the non-traditional. You can get multiple FHA, those. I would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's like a process, right? It's not like overnight that you can. No, do no. That. no. So if you yeah, see an opportunity so, of like. So you, for you to qualify for an FHA, I believe. So if anybody listening want to correct me on this, but to my knowledge, you can get an FHA as long as you don't have an FHA open currently. Mm -hmm. So if you already had it in the past, but it's already closed, oh, yeah, yeah. you're good. But that's what I'm saying. Like if you want to take advantage of the market now and you want to get into maybe like three or four homes mm -hmm. the same year. Like, you could probably just use your FHA once, right? Unless you pay it Correct. off. At use which the FHA point? once and then just do conventional for the rest. I would uh, I would buy a $10,000 house on a credit card just to that's hit the exactly sign-up bonus. That's what I was going to say. Like, that's, to hit the sign-up bonus? That's the non-traditional. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you get to rebuild, generate income, and a free vacation. <laughs> I mean, there you guys I go. Mean, come on. Yeah, no, but Travel that's Travel hacks. Was, buy a house. Big facts. <laughs>
Now, but that's what I was going to get into, like doing it the non-traditional way where um, you liquidate a credit card. There's ways to liquidate credit. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys know. How do, how do we look? How do you liquidate credit? I mean, there's like legal no, 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 no. That's, that's a forbidden, forbidden topic. topic. That's, uh, we're that's testing you, bro. Topic. We, we, we don't talk about you. that. This guy, we, it's we, a forbidden topic. This guy can't leave the oh, building the, alive. Subscribe, <laughs> subscribe to my OnlyFans. I'm actually going to tell you guys now. <laughs> that's his other business. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, but I mean, there's multiple ways to do it. Um, you can get creative. There's ways to like do it in a legal way i guess not not that it's illegal but it's just like in the non-moral way yeah yeah, yeah. so there's ways to do that yeah. where you can it's completely normal you said enough yeah but um yeah once you liquidate your credit you can go ahead and buy it cash and then once you buy it cash you can go to the bank and ask for money so that you can get another one or pay off your 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 old your, loan your credit, your credit card. card and uh so the the opportunities are endless once you know how to do it um <clears throat> Once you know what we know, pretty much like how to liquidate, how to hide debt, how to use business credit instead of personal credit. There's so many different things you can do, but that's just one of the things that I was uh, gonna. Yeah. So, so a little, so you're you're trying to get into businesses that have been tested throughout time. Yeah. The car wash, probably laundry mat services. So, yeah. That's what I want. I actually estate. want a laundromat, like no cap, but. I think enough about real estate. What all do you know about? Uh, the car wash because I know a little bit yeah. I, I looked into so, it after watching Breaking Bad and I was like <laughs> well nah, so now I see why there's a <laughs> lot of money go. in in boring businesses right that's what we uh well you wouldn't learning. be there yeah, yeah you 100% wouldn't be there you're just the owner there's yeah it depends on if you <laughs> buy like one of those new car washes where like they hand you everything and there's employees which is not really what I'm trying to do I'm trying to automate it as much as I can uh obviously there has to be some work done but uh, just to break it down, there's like existing car washes. You don't even have to build it from the ground up. You can, you can go and find like the one in the corner and be, and and uh, talk to the owner. Most people that own a business like that's that's um, like a boring business, like a laundromat or car wash or a store. Sometimes people want to sell the business, but you're not aware of it because there's not a website where you can just go and sell my business, right? right, right. So what I what that sounds like a business opportunity right there. Yeah. So oh yeah. That's something I've been thinking about, but I don't think there is actually demand. there is actually a few websites that do that already. Oh, really? But but yeah, but yeah, no, but the they're not for they're not mainstream either. So it's not like they're advertising about it either. Well, the thing so. is that like the demand wouldn't be like your traditional person; it would be business owners, which is a, a lot smaller crowd. So it's not like like a yeah. Grubhub, right? <laughs> Everyone can order. It's food. it's not going to be the next hottest thing on Instagram. Exactly. It's not, yeah, it's not going to be yeah. So I get it. if you want to find these locations that the owner wants to sell it because either they're late in taxes or the, someone in their family passed yeah. or they're old, they're getting old. They don't want to be managing. They want to travel the world before they fucking die. They're, they're about yeah. to retire and their grandkids aren't getting shit. Exactly. Or a lot of people yeah. don't know about taxes in general. <laughs> like when you start a business, you didn't get taught like, oh, yeah. this is how you do taxes. Yeah, and if you're making like a quarter million or more, you don't know that you're about to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars in taxes. So they're like, okay, this business keeps making money. I'm going into debt because they, they created a lifestyle that requires them to spend the amount of money they, they got the first year because they have nice cars. They bought the house. They bought like a bunch of things. So yeah. everything that comes in is going out. So uh, long story short, you can go in pretty much door knocking or going into these car washes and getting the phone number, calling and asking, hey, like I, I saw your car wash and I was interested in purchasing it. Would you be willing to sell it? And um, 
it's not going to be the first person that you run into that's going to want to sell it. But when you do land that person that wants to sell it, instead of getting a loan uh, from the bank where you're going to, let's say they want to sell it to you for 100 grand. Uh, instead that's of getting cake. a loan, yeah, it's not that much once you know how to build your credit and everything. But instead of adding all that debt to your credit, you can do something that's also non-traditional where you can do a seller finance. They do this a lot in real estate yeah. where you can yeah. tell them, hey, you know what, instead of me paying you a lump sum of 100K, which 20K is out the door because you have to pay it in taxes, let's come to this agreement where I'll give you 10% of the value of the car wash, I'll give you 10K up front, and then you put me on a six-year contract where I give you two grand a month for the next six years or whatever the amount would be. And you know that the car wash is going to be making more than that. So yeah. you can get into that business without having to get a loan, put it impacting your credit, and also uh, it's already profitable. You don't have to build it from the ground up. Dude, you're just dropping fucking gems. I, I, I don't think people <laughs> no, 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 I don't think people realize it. Yeah, and that and, so, and the benefit is that the you are only having to put your initial startup cost is so much lower. Yeah, um, you don't. It's already bu you bought a business that's already re generating revenue, and for the seller, it's it's better because he won't have to pay in taxes that much money he's, up front. He's guaranteed the money, and he's guaranteed the money, and also he's gonna get more on the long run because it, that's why that's the benefit of the seller finance. Like, mm -hmm. it, okay, you're selling me this this car wash for a hundred thousand dollars. However, how about I in total I I give you a hundred and thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> but we spread it over six or ten years. Yeah. So you pay the interest to them, but at the end of the day, it's not going to impact your credit. And no, you're not paying anything because the car wash is generating a lot more. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yes, yeah, so you even your initial cost is like the ten thousand dollars you were talking about. Even 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 when you, because I, I I believe uh, you have to, uh, what's the word? You have to notify your your clients or your customers. I think you have to put up like a sign or a banner stating it's going under brand new management, even charging mm. $1 or even 50 cents more per car wash to scale. I mean, I'm so passionate about this to scale. 50 cents is a lot of money to scale. If you're running, what was I telling you? Like 40 cars per, per hour, per hour at 50 cents, that's $20 more per hour. And if the, if the car wash seven days a week, eight hour days, eight, eight hour, no. Or from or eight, more, eight more, in yeah. the morning to like 8 p.m. Like, bro. There's like, two car washes. The one that just has like the little bay and then it's open 24-7. Yeah, There's I was going to say that. You do no. all the work. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. I would like, like at least for me, it's just literally do everything like automated. The ones that have machines. Yeah, of course. Mm. Uh -huh. And that's, that cuts, that cuts uh, employees. Well, the machine still, it, it might still require employees because, you Of know, course, you Maintenance, all of that stuff. Yeah. So, the, the, for the example that I was telling you, it was just like the simple one where it's like you put like $3 and you do it yourself. It gives you five minutes. Okay, so the, the hose with water. Yeah, and, and then okay. soap and brushes and all that, which oh. requires very low maintenance or you don't even have to have someone working there. You just have like maybe security and people that pick up the trash. And the coins. And, and it can be, yeah, it, it could do coins or now that we know credit. Credit, you can yeah, put there a little, we go. Like a credit card machine, right? And uh, it's super scalable, like you said. Like, if you think about it, if it's someone that's older that wants to get rid of it, they just have the car wash, right? They just, that's their, 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 uh, their business, just the car wash. But us knowing technology, knowing all these other things that people We're want hip, and need, you could put ATMs, you could put, uh, you could put vending machines with like the little, that. uh, Scented, Car fresheners. Yeah, with towels, towels with 
uh, oil Squeegees. so that you're, yeah, everything. Waxes. On top of that, you can put a vending machine for Tire sodas, shots. water, because you get tired. If you're in the sun, you might want to drink a water. Apples, do you think apples would do well? Maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm but just kidding. But that's the thing. Like, you can scale iPhones, it so right? much. iPhones, right? Apple iPhones. Apple iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> you can scale it so much where, like, now you turn whatever revenue it was bringing a month into maybe double that. Yeah. Depending on how much you're, you're and if you market it online. Bro, not, not just that, right? Now that you just said marketing, something just, just, just came in. I was like, you can actually charge people to put, like, banners or, or you know what I mean, like, put like some form of like advertising oh yeah they have some uh, car washes yeah where you can advertise yourself yeah that's exactly plug yourself right plug you, yourself you get yeah. to plug yourself yeah <laughs> yo i was wondering you know those car washes the where there is a full staff there is the the vacuums you can use the vacuum afterwards yeah, that's, thing. that's like the the highest scale one right i'm guessing yeah. mm -hmm. are those franchised some of them are i have a membership that is like ugh, like twenty six ninety nine, and it hurts every time I run my my trucks because they're brand new. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to see is like swirls or circles on my. Yeah, but fuck it. Like the 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 time that you spend to wash it manually versus, you know, like is it? You know, well, yeah. One but thing, the, one thing I noticed with that is that like if you want to be like recession proof or against everything, right? Like everyone's always gonna have three dollars. And, and, yeah. and if you think about like paying for a $25 car wash, like if the recession is hitting or like times are not good, you might skip on that, right? You're not going to go in, like you, you would prioritize getting food or doing something that's a necessity. Correct. But $3, bro, you go into your, your piggy bank and like literally get like a bunch of quarters and go and get a car wash. Uh, stop donating uh, your excess change to Panda Express and get a car wash instead. Save, you save, save your change, guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But there's like just like this one, there's so many other businesses that are <coughs> boring because they're not the traditional ones. They're not like get rich quick. They're not yeah. uh, like you, you're going to get Mercedes Benz in the back, like taking a picture in front of it for the Internet. It's just like old school business. But one, it's recession proof. Two, requires very little work or maintenance. And it's just maybe investing another 10K uh, on top of what it costs to get into the business, which the initial 10K can be negotiated as well. You can get into it, go into it with no money down. Right. Um, and maybe you invest another 10K from a credit card to make it look better, paint it, get better equipment. So now people are Put a are sign like, at the front. That looks better. I want to go there. Put Absolutely. a luminescent light. Yeah. So mm -hmm. just something that we were talking about is buying a a like a million dollar mansion like 1.2 1.3 and the mortgage being like ten thousand dollars and just having like four or five six people moving in and just like i mean the mortgage payment would only be like 1800 bucks a month for each but we would just imagine we would be like dumb <laughs> uh, pr uh what is it marketing no we would be like collaborating no, content house no it, it, not a content house just we would be dumb productive like just oh. Dumb, oh, big time yeah stupid productive you know it's just like, oh what are you working on right now oh, i'm working on this i was like let's knock it out right now like that's that's dude yeah that's I've been actually to do in that. that's actually in the works okay. it's actually in the works but uh can't speak too much on that topic <laughs> yeah it seems it seems like a good idea obviously 
if you trust the people that you're going to live with. Yeah, and the, the, the thing about that is, like, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because you stated seller finance. Oh, yeah. So that's that to me is like, ugh. It's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Imagine. And I actually saw, I don't know how, how tr true or accurate this might be, but there was some guy that purchased a million-dollar home via seller finance, and it's just like, if it takes balls for somebody to approach somebody as such, you guys know me. I'm I'm I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah. yeah, I basically run it. So, I mean, it'd be dope, especially in Las Vegas. I mean, come on, shoot right. it down. Absolutely. But yeah, man, I think that was pretty much it that we wanted to cover. I want to thank you so much for coming to our podcast. We hit all the topics and everything. Yeah, we did. Awesome. No way. Uh, excellent. We wanted to bring something else. Uh, but I want to, I want, well, the last thing is that I wanted to bring up is that he needs to plug himself in. He needs to s tell the audience where he can be found, what is he working on currently, and how to get in contact with you, man. Yeah, so my Instagram is at Elvis Somoza. Uh, I don't know if you guys can add it to the bottom, but because Somoza yeah, we'll, is a little bit hard to spell. We'll link it below. Yeah, um, but yeah, find me on Instagram. I mainly, um, I'm active on there. I don't really use Facebook or any other uh, social media platform um, but if anyone wants to you know start a business and they don't have the funds for it or they need credit repair um, you guys can reach me or if you just want to learn more ideas of uh, as to what you can do with credit whether it's traveling for free or generating sources of income uh, go ahead and give me a follow and thank you guys for having me just a second before we finish is there like a specific word is there something specifically that that your audience needs to do to dm you to like get like your attention like oh like dm me funding dm me usually if it's for funding yeah dm me funding if you're just curious to see what you can do with credit or you want me to take a look at your credit just uh dm me uh points only there you go let's <laughs> go points only, points only. I, I, elvis is our first sponsor <laughs> <laughs> there we go right, you guys awesome. well thank you so much for joining you know uh, yes, another 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 uh great host so Another guest. Great guest. Yeah. Great guest. You're busting yeah. an Eddie right now, bro. Yeah. Well, perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Thank you guys awesome. for having me. Of Most course, man. All right, you guys. Thank you for guys for tuning in. Again, remember, every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Day, we're dropping these podcast episodes for you guys. So, again, we'll, we're signing out. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Later, guys. From what I know you, you, you were talking too fast. You were talking like not yourself. You were talking about... Right now? Yeah, you were talking like an ad. Yeah, it's because I'm like tired as fuck, so I thought I was recording with Jeremy for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Who here fucking looks like him? Huh? This guy. I mean, there's, <laughs> hey, it's the fucking camera There's lens. a man behind two cameras, right? I was like, I don't know. All right. All right, here we go. You ready? This yeah, is going in the bloopers. All right. All right. <clears throat>